Hello and welcome to Book Retorts. I am your host, spook, Count Samula. Spook, spook Retorts. Shoot. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Spook Retorts. I am your host, Count Samula. And I am Daniela Stein. <laughs> this is the podcast about sharing your weird media finds with your friends. I'm the friend. Yes, you are, Daniela. By all accounts and against all odds, you are a friend. <laughs> and so are our listeners. So join us today for Sam. Yes. Yes, all of you are my friends, at least for the duration of this episode, and then don't call me. <laughs> oh, ouch. I <laughs> know. Uh, you, you can, can, you can tweet, you Danielle. You call me. Yeah, you can, like, tweet me. <laughs> Danielle's my bouncer. It's fine. <laughs> so today we have the final episode of this year's Spook Retorts. Yay! It's very sad. We're going to be done for the year, but have no fear, because we have... A delightful, delightful movie for you today. It is the 1990 film Arachnophobia. Arachnophobia. I know. It's a movie about frogs. Arachnophobia. No, it's frogs. <laughs> Daniel, it's fr no, it's spiders. Of course it's spiders, Daniel. <laughs> Arachnids. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be talking about Harvestmen. We're going to be talking about scorpions. And maybe oh, we'll no, talk about no, spiders. No scorpions. Oh, no yes. Scorpions. You are having a scorpion infestation, as I recall. That's, that's a strong word for it. Let's not go that far. How many scorpions have you found in your house, Danielle? Four. <laughs> that's an infestation in my book, Danielle. Anything more than one scorpion is an infestation. Yeah. Well, I don't live in an area that's known for scorpions, so yeah, four might be pushing it. Yeah, yeah. How many scorpions live in the Pacific Northwest? I mean, there's actually quite a few varieties of scorpions. They're just not usually in people's houses. <laughs> They're shy creatures. <laughs> <laughs> not shy enough, apparently. Yeah, they could stay outside. I would be fine with that. So fortunately for you, Danielle, the arachnid in today's movie are indeed spiders. So... We can put that whole scorpion thing out of your mind. Are scorpions arachnids? That's yes. That's a real question. Are you sure? Yeah. There are three families of arachnids. There's spiders, <laughs> scorpions, and harvestmen. Ah, that there explains the joke. There was a great exhibit at the Natural History Museum. <laughs> scorpions are extra cool because they glow under black light. They do. That's, yeah, people who hunt scorpions at night to like, get them off their property, they go out in groups and, and use black light and go to town. Yeah, so you didn't know today on um, Spook Retort, you're going to get some education on our creepy crawly friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Be back next week for more Spooktacular scorpion. facts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what we're going to talk about next week. We've been a lot of different podcasts, folks. <laughs> Oh, we're losing our minds. All right, let's just move on to the actual content today, which is arachnophobia. Now, this was a film, as I mentioned, about spiders, <laughs> and it did pretty well. I won't go into any more detail because I don't want to spoil it, but I do have a description for you. Now, you might imagine descriptions for this movie were somehow hard to find, mm -hmm. like more than a sentence that wasn't just a complete description of the movie. So I pulled my favorite description from Amazon, from the Amazon page trying to sell you this movie. So this okay. is their pitch to the shopper as to why they should watch this film. So, All right, I got it. An unexpected guest causes a web of chaos. <laughs> there you go. That's the movie, Danielle. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like that's probably true. It It is absolutely true. It is also 
without any context, a very confusing summary. It could be about a mobster who comes to town. It could be about anything. But thankfully, the movie tells you what it's about in its title, Arachnophobia. You know the person who wrote that summary was very proud of themselves. I would be too. (laughs) So I want to share a few quotes I pulled from the Wikipedia page about this movie just because I found them very amusing. Okay. So this was a Steven Spielberg produced film, actually. And the director... Frank Marshall had this to say about the movie. People like to be scared, but laughing, like a roller coaster. No one wants (laughs) to be terrified. Which, bold statement, because lots of people like horror movies that terrify them. That's true. And then lastly, advertisers were uncertain as to whether they should market this film as a thriller or a comedy. Therefore, television spots promoting the film build it as a thrillomedy, (laughs) which is a terrible portmanteau. (laughs) A really bad one. That is Awful. So that was their big marketing choice, Thrillomedy. Who <laughs> put that together? I know. That was some marketer was very proud of themselves, and they shouldn't be. So I'm not sure there's necessarily a better one than that, trying to put those two words together, but that's a really bad one. It is a mouthful of weird syllables. So as you can imagine from that description, this movie is maybe not as straight up horror as in the tall grass but a bit more lighter, but not quite as goofy as, say, My Boyfriend's Back. So get prepared for something in the middle of the road. (laughs) Okay. So the movie opens with a helicopter shot of a boat going down a river in the jungle. My first thought was, Amazon River? Maybe. It's not clear. We learn later that it's Venezuela. I don't know if Venezuela has the Amazon in it. My knowledge of geography is limited. (laughs) So there's a river in Venezuela, I assume. So that must be it. (laughs) Just one, though. I mean, there's got to be a couple. (laughs) And the first big name that comes up on the screen is Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels! Who stars in this film. His name comes up before the title even is on screen. So, top billing, Mr. Daniels, give your agent a bonus. Yeah, it's a good agent. (laughs) Yeah, right? So this boat going down the river, it's tropical climate, South America. There is a man on this boat. We learn later his name is Mr. Manly, which, stellar. (laughs) Even I could remember that one. (laughs) Yeah, right? Mr. Manly. He is delivered by the boat to a research station, like a little research camp in the edge of the jungle, which is manned by Dr. Atherton. Dr. Atherton is very upset that Manly is late. Manly's like, sorry, I was sick in Caracas, and he's got like a fever, and he's not looking very well. Dr. Atherton just brushes this aside. He's like, sick man in the jungle? That's fine. <laughs> it's probably a semi-common occurrence. Where are there either of those people, Jeff Daniels? No, Jeff Daniels. Okay. I'll tell you when there's Jeff Daniels, Daniel. You will not <laughs> miss. Make sure Jeff I didn't Daniels. miss it. <laughs> it's very important. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Dr. Atherton has brought Mr. Manley on as a photographer to document his expedition to find new species of insects in the jungle. What like could go arachnids? wrong? <laughs> so, they're, they're in a helicopter and they fly through the jungle and they are going towards this giant sinkhole that's thousand feet deep or something that's supposed to be isolated from the world and have all these undiscovered species of insects that Dr. Atherton is very excited to uncover. No, that sounds like the beginning of a horror movie for sure. Yeah, no. Great ideas all around, especially when Mr. Manley at one point has a, an ant crawling on him and it gets flicked away by their native guide. And he is told by one of the assistants that pretty much everything here can kill you. So, <laughs> <Excellent>. yay. <laughs> yeah. It's like my dream world. 
<laughs> exactly right. Who doesn't want to be in a jungle full of murderous bugs? So their native guide leads them down to the sinkhole, but at one point refuses to go any further. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Dr. <laughs> Atherton is unperturbed and just presses forward without the guide. So clearly this is going to be just fine. <laughs> Nothing is going to go wrong. Everyone's coming out alive, and the movie's over. No, <laughs> they find their their insects and they become world famous. Yeah, he becomes world famous as much as any entomologist is. Well, they are in certain circles. Yes, yes, they are. No, it's true. That that was what I was getting at. <laughs> <laughs> so at one point, Manley sort of wanders off and he's taking some photos and he stumbles into a massive spider web and freaks out. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. But it's just a, I don't know, a red herring because nothing happens with that web. It's just there. Well, I sometimes guess it's, there's not any spiders in them. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was foreshadowing. Meanwhile, Atherton and his crew are setting up these like hoppers, giant funnels that lead into jars around this big tree in the middle of this sinkhole. And their whole plan is he's going to smoke the tree out, which is going to kill all the insects and they're going to fall like insect rain into these collection vessels. So you can collect all of them. And that just seems awful. I don't know if that's how it's really done, but, like, he just fires up this gas-powered smoke machine, smokes the tree, and it's just this rain of insects. It's like the song, It's Raining Men, if it was it was raining bugs. <laughs> so they all f fall into the funnel thing and then get into these containers? Jars. They have little specimen jars. And, like, they land on these funnel things and they, like, are going around sorting them and, like, pushing them into the jars and picking them off of the ground. Collecting everything will sort it out later. Does that, like, what? happens when you put a bunch of those bugs together in the same space don't they're they like dead. eat each they're, they're other dead. And stuff? they're dead the smoke they kills them they killed them all yes. that's so sad yeah yeah it's very aggressive that seems not like you're studying them in your, their natural habitat he is absolutely not he just wants to collect them and do like the whole little pinning them to the board so we can you know display them and study them and all that kind of stuff that's sad I'm sad. Well, you won't be for long because <laughs> a particularly loud thunk draws their attention to this freaky big spider that Atherton assures Manly is quite dead. Surprise, it's not. It's not dead. It's not. It's Come not. on. <laughs> it jumps at Manly when no one is looking and Manly promptly squishes it. So the movie ends there with the dead spider. How big is the spider? It's like tarantula size, but so like a big tarantula. He like squishes it with size. his shoe? Yeah, he steps on it. Oh, that's brave. Well, I mean, he was freaking out. Right. Atherton is upset that his brand new species of aggressive spider was promptly squished. But luckily, they find some more who are also not dead. And they <laughs> trap these ones in jars. As one does. Big jars. Yeah. And Atherton is kind of confused to why there are so many of these giant spiders in the tree. Usually they don't live in, in giant groups. But they do now. So Atherton makes a totally not dumb call to take two back alive and then preserve two other ones dead. So he's making the right choices. How did he kill them? Did he use a smoke? After they were put in the jars, he threw in some I don't know, anesthetic or something that was in a cotton ball that fills the jar with a vapor that kills him. Okay. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know much about bug preserving techniques, Danielle. I was just curious because sometimes stuff like that comes back into play. Like if you know how to kill the thing, then later you could use that. Oh, no, that has nothing to do with this movie. Dan, no, you are thinking way too smart for this film. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there is some good foreshadowing in this movie. That's not one of the pieces, though. <laughs> okay. So they've got the spiders, or some spiders. And so they start packing up their stuff, and they take, like, a stretcher with their bags and stuff, and they're walking back out of the jungle area when this giant spider is, like, watching them leave from a tree. Is it more giant than these spiders? It looks they a little like bigger. 
I mean, like <laughs> to clarify how big Giant is in this movie. It's hard to say because like all the spiders are pretty big, and I have a hard time keeping track of which spider is which because I am <laughs> not good at like, oh yes, that's Fred the spider over there, and there's George, and there's Jorge, and all our spider friend. No, I don't know Danielle. They're just big spiders. <laughs> okay. So it looks bigger than the other ones, but they're not like side by side. Who knows? Right. Camera tricks. I just want to clarify if they're getting bigger throughout the movie or if they're all about the same, like, dishware-sized This spider. one is the biggest one, I think. And it's not like dishware. It's like if you put your two fists together. Mm-hmm. It's like that I meant big. with its legs. I think with its legs, like like a, like a tarantula, they're kind of like the legs don't right, go out very bent. far. Yeah. You can't see my hands, but they're making no. tarantula legs. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> listeners, imagine Danielle's tarantula fingers. <laughs> Get the full Please podcast do. experience. I'm doing them right now, everybody. Just <laughs> right. feel the tarantula fingers. <laughs> I gotta say, though, the effects in this movie are pretty good. Like the spiders, I don't know if they use actual spiders or not, or they just like had really good sort of animatronics, but the spiders look good in this movie. And by good, I mean terrifying. So <laughs> if, you're, if you're not a spider person, if you find spiders particularly creepy, maybe avoid this one. We'll put a warning on our podcast. Yes, warning. Spiders. The movie Arachnophobia <laughs> somehow contains spiders. Go figure. <laughs> Well, we just discussed it could also contain uh, scorpions or uh, harvestmen. <laughs> harvestmen. Yes. Very good, Danielle. Oh, hey, I learned something today. <laughs> uh, do you know what a harvestman is? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> They're like daddy long legs and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I didn't know that. I was trying to like dig through the, the Rolodex of my brain. <laughs> it was a little slow process. I'll give you a pass. It's still early for you. Thank you. So they're heading back and the spider is watching them leave and like plotting somehow. And it like sees them carrying their bags and it waits and it jumps out of the tree into the bags and like hides in the bags. I love sneaky spiders. Yeah, like in the jungle. So these spiders are very smart, apparently. Well, these two people kind of seem to deserve it. We'll we'll get to that. Don't worry. (laughs) So they're back up at base camp. Atherton is... Cutting up one of the spiders that they killed and like, you know, dissect and examine it under the microscope. And he mentions that they don't have any reproductive organs. They're like worker ants or worker bees, which, you know, means a queen and that kind of whole thing. Yeah, no, no. Highly organized species of spiders. Great. What could go wrong? Count me out. Manly, however, is still not feeling well. He has a fever and he just goes to lie down. The big spider in the pack creeps out while he's resting because of course it does it is very smart spider it's the smartest thing in this movie (laughs) and so it sneaks up on him while he's lying down and it starts crawling into his cot and this really gave me the heebie-jeebies because (laughs) i'm not like terrified of spiders but i have had spiders in my bed before no yeah yeah i mean like small house spiders nothing like bad Right. I think most people probably had a spider in their bed. Yeah, at one point or another, it was fine. But like this giant thing is, you see it just slowly creeping up under the blanket. And you see like the mound moving under the blanket as it crawls up his body. It's very well done. It's very (laughs) uncomfortable to watch. (laughs) Yeah. So props of spiders in beds. They're gross. Yeah, no. So you get that full feeling with this. And so Manly looks down at one point, sees the spider on his stomach, and the spider just bites him. Right into his gut. And then he sort of like seizes up and has this very painful looking death. Alas, poor Manly, we hardly knew him. (laughs) Somebody's got to go first in a horror movie. Every time. So Manly is dead and the spider sneaks away after killing him for some reason, just in time because Manly is discovered (laughs) by one of Atherton's assistants. So the spider, again, very smart. It knows to do a hit and run and then come back later. Is it out for revenge though? Because it killed all its like friends in the trees? No. Are you sure? Because that seems valid. (laughs) 
No. Based on its behavior in the rest of this film, it is not out for revenge, Danielle. <laughs> but you don't know its motivation, Sam. <laughs> Danielle, I have to admit, I do not know the spider's <laughs> motivations in the film about giant killer spiders. <laughs> Nor do I need to know the motivations. The spiders are spiders, Danielle. They don't need motivations. <laughs> well, maybe it just decided to sneak away because, you know, it was done. Its work there was done. Okay. Yeah. Except it comes back later, Danielle. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have to have a surprise attack. No, no. So Manny's discovered dead and the fever is blamed for the death because, of course, it is. They don't notice the, like, bite marks on his stomach? Not that they even look. They're not very thorough. They're in the middle of the jungle and they're like, let's just ship him back to America. Did the spider bite through clothes or did it just bite? No, it was on his, like, bare stomach. And they didn't notice it when they, like, took him out of the bed? No, Danielle, they didn't. <laughs> How do you not notice giant fang bite marks in the stomach? They're not that big. It's not like, it's not like a giant like gash across his well, stomach no, but you'd still think you'd notice it maybe That's it was weird. a mosquito bite who knows danielle okay all right. the freaking to go jungle. there are bugs <laughs> everywhere he could have been bitten by a number of things or it could have been just some marks and they weren't right. like let's search his body for spider bites because that seems like a plausible thing to do you're right he had a fever he died from the fever Got no, it. that's what i mean he didn't but that's what they say you're it's right. like okay he died from the fever let's ship him back they're in the middle of the jungle not they're gonna do an autopsy there <laughs> it was just, maybe they might have seen it when they pulled his body off the bed. No, they seal him in this crude wooden coffin and they're preparing to ship him back to the U.S. where he came from. But big surprise, the giant spider very cleverly sneaks into the coffin through a knot hole. <laughs> okay. So the spider had this whole plan. I'm going to kill this guy. going to sneak away. Wait for them to put him in a box. Then sneak back into the box with the dead body. <laughs> Maybe he's called to it because he killed him. There's like a string. He knows. Why did he walk away in the first place, Danielle? So we didn't get caught, Sam. Come on. I know. The spider is way too clever. (laughs) (laughs) That's my point, Danielle. The spider is making plans. This is like the shark in Jaws the Revenge. The The spider has an intricate plan, step by step. It probably has diagrams, blueprints, the whole nine yards, and it is going to execute that plan to the best of its abilities. <laughs> so far, so good. So far, the spider, its plans, going off without a hitch. All right, so it's in the casket. It's in the casket. Scene ends. We now cut to small town America, where somewhere in the West Coast, probably in California, based on some information you get later, it's a town called Canaima, which is not a real city, at least that I could find, but it is the name of a national park in Venezuela. So the movie's making a little nod to Venezuela, where the spider is from. So that's cute. I don't want freak spiders on the West Coast. <laughs> Danielle, maybe they'll eat all the scorpions. That's true. The and scorpions also eat spiders, so... Not these ones. Have... Not, these ones yeah, are... not. Like, they're tiny scorpions in my state. <laughs> they're not very big. In your house, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, in the state. They just don't get that big. Either way, it's not good for the local fauna. No. So a hearse drives through the town and brings Manly, at least his box of the corpse of Manly, to a funeral home, a mortuary. But when they crack it open, they find is a desiccated corpse. <gasps> Weird. He looks like a mummy. This also continues the grand tradition of morticians eating sandwiches at the morgue. Oh, not good. So the guy just walks in. He's chowing down on a sandwich. They pop open the casket. He looks at the guy. He's like, mm, that's gross. Puts the sandwich down. His cat steals it, which is great. <laughs> Cats in the mortuary, too. And he goes to make a call about how they should have a closed casket funeral because he didn't look so good. Yeah. I don't mind the cat in the mortuary. The the food is concerning. Either way, there's supposed to be a clean environment, Danielle. <laughs> right. And not that it matters necessarily that much in a mortuary, but you're also then like picking up your sandwich after you've been around dead people. And that seems like gross cross-contamination. Well, duh. 
that's the whole point. <laughs> but also, <laughs> you shouldn't have animals running around like playing in your formaldehyde or whatever. Well, sure. I would assume that the cat's smarter than that, but who knows? They'll knock things over. You know cats like to do that. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Okay. Animals in labs or mortuaries or other sort of dangerous chemical environments are not a good idea. Just putting it out there. Also, <laughs> sandwiches and food in those environments, also not a good idea. But cats and spiders are a good idea. Nope. I said cats are a bad idea. <laughs> with spiders? Spiders are fine. No, cats with spiders, I said. In the in the mortuary? Yeah. Does the cat ever chase a spider? No. Really? They have a cat in there and it never chases the spider? Danielle, I'll get to the cat. Okay. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop trying to tell this movie how to animal. <laughs> I was just curious. Like if a cat saw a giant spider, it'd probably chase after it. No. <laughs> the spider can be seen hidden in the box. And when the guy goes to make the call, the mortician goes to make the call, it slips out of the box, starts crawling across the floor. And the spider encounters both the dog and the cat, which promptly run from the spider because it is giant and hissing at them. I don't know if spiders hiss or not, but this one These does. These do. <laughs> Maybe they do, but usually spiders are so tiny you can't hear them. They probably are down there going, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Danielle. Got to get your stethoscope and listen to some spiders. <laughs> On it. This is a lot like, again, Jaws of Revenge. I, I find a lot of similarities in this movie because the animals in this movie make noises that they probably shouldn't be making. <laughs> Uh, maybe our listeners know, are there any forms of spiders that hiss? I mean, like, hiss in a social way, not just like when they're spitting venom or something. Well, maybe it was like threatening the cat and dog, like, hey, get out of my Yeah, no, space. that's a social cue, Danielle. Right. I know, but I meant like less like nice social and more like, hey, get out of here, social. Not like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Danielle, do you realize the word social just means like interaction so they have to be all positive right. i was just clarifying for both <laughs> like our listeners and myself that i meant like a, a negative social <laughs> that was covered in the umbrella of social i think that, that was a clarification that was unnecessary <laughs> i don't think so because i can't be the only person that was like well it wasn't saying hi <laughs> <laughs> okay sure yes a hissing spider is just being like friendly that was the first conclusion people would jump to with the word social I mean, that's kind of where my brain went for just a moment. Well, you are a special breed, Danielle. <laughs> I didn't stay there. I knew what you meant. All right. We don't even have the spiders have even spidered yet. Let's get to that. <laughs> okay, sorry. You haven't even found Jeff Daniels yet, Danielle. Come on. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I forgot he was even in this. All right, let's get to Jeff Daniels. So the Is cat he the spider dog... like, catcher? Is he the one that's like coming in to kill Danielle, the spiders? No, just stop. <laughs> you got... <laughs> the longer you keep interrupting, the longer it's going to take me to get to Jeff Daniels. All right, you'll have to find it. <laughs> You can guess what's going to happen, but I can never guess what's going to happen. happen, Danielle, but like maybe just not every four seconds. <laughs> I really wanted to know. You will know if you're patient. <laughs> okay. So the dog and the cat run away from the spider and the spider's like, ha ha, gotcha. And sort of <laughs> climbs out through the doggy door when it's promptly picked up by a crow. Uh-oh. So this crow grabs a spider. It'd be funny if that was the end of the movie. It'd <laughs> be funny, except no, because the crow's carrying it through the sky when the crow drops dead after the spider kills it. And then it drops the spider in the backyard of this lovely big house with a barn that a new family is moving into. Uh-oh. Yes. And I was going to say, this is like a Rube Goldberg machine, how this happened. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, the dog and the cat open the doggy door, the spider climbs out, the crow grabs the spider, carries it to where it needs to go before dropping dead with the spider in the right place. It's like, this is a very lucky spider. <laughs> 
got plans, Sam. It's got plans. So finally, it's Jeff Daniels. Yeah, Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels is Dr. Ross Jennings, who is moving to this town to become the town's new doctor since the old doctor is going to be retiring. And he's brought his family with him, with his wife, Molly, and his children, whose names are unimportant, <laughs> his son, and a younger daughter. And they're 12, 10, something like that. They're in that age range. Okay. They've just moved from the city, San Francisco, standard stuff. He's the new doctor in town, big city doctor coming down to a small town to to move and become the new town doctor. While they're uh, moving in, he chastises one of the movers for shaking up his very old expensive wine because it'll disturb the sediment. And he's kind of affable about it, about like, oh, well, if this wine is being so expensive, you can't afford to drink it. Ha ha. But foreshadowing, that's I believe that wine comes back later is what I wrote in my notes. And it does. <laughs> So that's when the son runs out yelling about a spider in one of the moving boxes. Uh-oh. Clearly a false alarm. Right. It's just a regular spider. Yeah, it's just a regular house spider. But Jeff Daniels, and at this point, I didn't know his name was Ross, so I just wrote Jeff Daniels in my notes. <laughs> Jeff Daniels calls for his wife to go take care of it because he is afraid of spiders. Oh, not the movie for Jeff. <laughs> yep, not the movie. He didn't read the script. <laughs> yes. So awesome. The mom goes and picks a spider up with a little napkin and takes it out to the barn and releases it in the barn, which is run down. But also, the real giant spider is already moving into that barn by the time they release the new spider into it. Well, yeah, hot real estate. Who would want to live in a, in a drafty barn? Well, spiders do. I mean, that's their that's where they live. <laughs> that's their jam. I know. I, I was not being facetious. <laughs> so now I learned that Ross is the name of Jeff Daniels' character, and he and his wife christen their new house with sex, as is tradition. Oh, good. <laughs> we like that around here, christening new places <laughs> with... <laughs> With the the good old fashioned sex. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. I uh, thought of several euphemisms that probably would not have gone over very well. <laughs> All right, but this is by far one of my favorite parts of the movie. <laughs> not the Jeff Daniels wife sex because it cuts away, but the movie then cuts to the barn where the giant spider and the little house spider are getting to know each other. <gasps> Oh. They're like making out. They're rubbing They're- their mandibles together. It is very uncomfortable. <laughs> it's so big and so tidy. <laughs> they are comically mismatched in size. <laughs> and it's shot hi. like with this romantic camera angle and they're like rubbing their mandibles together. It's all very like, woof, what's going on here? <laughs> is there good music in the background? I don't remember. I was being like, this is gross. <laughs> So the movie's setting up that something freaky is going on in that barn. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so it's the next day, and Dr. Ross is talking with the doctor who he's supposed to be replacing, but that doctor welches on the agreement to retire. He's basically like, you know what? what? I know you moved down here, and I know you know this, but I'm not going to retire because if I retire, I'm going to lose my zest for life. I'm going to die. So sorry about all that. I know we talked for like four months about you doing this, but nope, not going to happen. I'm going to stay here. And he's like, if my wife can't convince me to retire, you can't. That's like not a decision you make after the person upheaves their entire life to like come to your town. Yeah, no, he is a total jerk. Yeah, well, is he going to get eaten by spiders? Because I'm down for that. So as Ross is leaving the doctor's office, he sees that the sheriff is ticketing his car for not feeding the meter. And the sheriff is a real jerk, like a real sort of like pompous, push you around. Does he get eaten by a spider too? And what I wrote is... (laughs) Man, there are lots of jerks here. I can't wait till they're all eaten by spiders. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- 
love when jokes get eaten by things. It's great. Yeah. This movie does a real good job of setting up some really unlikable characters who are like pretentious and pushing like, oh, you're a big city doctor. Well, welcome to the small town kind of thing. And it's great. So this movie does a good job, I think, of really having you a root for the spiders in some ways. <laughs> like I'm, I'm there for the spiders right now. Yeah. So while he's being ticketed, this nice old teacher walks up, name of Margaret, and she starts telling off the sheriff, like, stop being a jerk. He was a bully in the fourth grade when I held him back. <laughs> Something like that. And she's like, welcome to the town, Dr. Ross. I'm very glad to have you. Our old doctor, he's more concerned with the popularity contest than actually medicine. He hasn't kept up with stuff. So I'm going to use you as my new doctor. I'll be your first patient. So he's just going to establish his own practice, apparently? I mean, what else can he do? He's already moved there. His wife quit her job to go down there. They got like nothing else. Sure. That's like a lot more money and work. (laughs) It is. But, you know, what can you do? But unfortunately, as Ross learns later, his new patient is very healthy. So no money there. (laughs) Bummer. I hate when people are healthy. But she's like there and she's like, oh, I'm sure I'm not less healthy for you. I can't give you any more business. He's like, no, that's okay. You tried. So it's a very sort of fun and and kind relationship they have. That's good. But pretty soon everybody's going to be dropping dead from spider bites anyway. Yeah, so, you know, we're just establishing character relationships here, so you care, Danielle. I do care. You go, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Daniels. Aww. (laughs) (laughs) You go, Jeff Daniels. So close. (laughs) Not even close, no. Have you ever seen them in the same movie together? (laughs) Oh, jeez. We're not doing the whole Batman, Bruce Wayne thing here, are we? I was thinking like Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton, but sure. If they haven't been in the same movie, that's a real shame, because they're both wonderful. That's true. I hope that they have been in the same movie. But if not, then my confusion is fair. Except one of them is unfortunately no longer with us. So that kind of puts a damper on your whole theory. Yeah, but prior to that, maybe the other one just like absorbed the other one, like a twin in a womb. I'm not going to speak ill of the dead, Danielle, so... (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Maybe they like killed off their alter ego so they could continue living as one person. They uh, were tired of of doing the like two-person thing, but in Way reality, it's just the, one person. Way to turn the tragedy of the loss of one of our greatest actors into a <laughs> terrible conspiracy theory, Danielle. Well done. <laughs> well, they're the same actor, though, in the conspiracy theory, no, so Danielle, it's not... <laughs> I don't want you poisoning the minds of our listeners with your insanity. <laughs> just saying. No, I will I not entertain re- you such guys, notions. I don't really think that. <laughs> I do question the Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman one, though. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, I thought we were still talking about Jeff Bridges and, and no, Jeff Daniels. No, because Bill Paxton is unfortunately dead, Danielle. I know he is. It's very and sad. And I'm not going to like put on a conspiracy theory that Bill Pullman killed Bill Paxton or something. <laughs> no, that's awful. I didn't mean literally. I meant that it was the same person to begin with. So it's just like a metaphorical death. No, I'm going to give Bill Paxton the kudos he deserves as own independent person. He deserves all his accolades. Yeah, he does. Good job, Bill Paxton. Yeah. I loved you in Twister. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Among other things. <laughs> yes, that was his best movie, Danielle. I really Twister. like Twister. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's underappreciated. Sure, sure. Let's go with that. Anyway, the nice teacher, Margaret, is his neighbor and says she's going to throw Ross a party next month when things cool down to help introduce him to the town and drum up some business for him. Oh, good. I know. She's really nice. Meanwhile, his wife, Molly, who is also a photographer for some reason. like also? she's got Is there another one? Manly, the photographer who died in the beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she is an amateur photographer, I guess, because she's got a pretty fancy camera for the time. Mm-hmm. And she goes to the barn with her camera for some reason. And then she sees this giant spider web and is like, yeah, I need to get a close look at that and take some photos. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's like me calling exterminator. You're like, excuse me, there's a spider web that is like six feet across. <laughs> no, 
It's bigger than that, Danielle. It covers the entire roof. Like, the, you know how the barn has a little loft section uh-huh. and up just below the rafters? Like, that whole, whole yeah, area no. is covered in giant whims. She's like, how neat is that? Let me take some pictures. And not like, oh, let's burn this barn to the ground. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the logical reaction. So she goes and takes some pictures of this giant web and is like, neato, and just leaves. So she is part of the problem. <laughs> she doesn't do any. Does she even tell her husband later? So later they have some dinner. And after dinner, the neighbor kid pops by and all the children go out and run and play with this neighbor kid. And that's when Molly and Ross are cleaning up and she's telling Ross about the giant spider web. And Ross is like... Nope, I do not like that. I have a terrible fear of spiders. And I was like, yes, I know. But he explains the story anyway, because of course, we have to get the backstory about why Ross is afraid of spiders. Of course. And he's like, you know, as a kid, there was a spider. I was two years old. I remember it very clearly. I was in my crib and the spider starts crawling up my leg very slowly. And I remember being paralyzed with fear. and I couldn't move as this thing just crawled all over me. I never felt so helpless. It's a very strong two-year-old memory. And his wife's like, no one remembers when they're two. And he's like, it's my first memory. I do remember it. Okay. And then Molly's like, you know what? You should come look at the spider web. Force yourself to look at it. It'll be like therapy. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Molly, you're not a licensed therapist. You are not there to help with exposure therapy. That's not how this works. <laughs> and maybe start with small spider webs and maybe work your way up the to the giant demon spider, spider web <laughs> in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> But Molly takes him to the barn anyway, and inside there's this freaking massive web, and Molly's like, this is impressive. Look how busy our spider friend has been. (laughs) And Ross is like, no, I still don't like it. But he forced himself to climb up the ladder to get a closer look at this thing. And he reaches up and he grabs this rotten rung and the rung snaps and it flings this like rat corpse from the spider web into his face. Ah! And he gets spider web (laughs) all over his face and he runs out screaming and then his wife runs out and they're all sort of screaming, laughing. He's like, oh my God, I was so terrified. He gets over it. But like, no. No, you're right. Burn it down. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) After they run out, the camera lingers, and behind one of the pillars in the barn is this giant pulsating egg sack. No! With little spiders just start crawling out of it. It's from, like, the... Did it, did it mate with the other tiny spider? Yes. Yes, that it did. so fast. Do they give birth that fast to their egg sacks? Well, I don't know. Like, the, the timeline for this movie is a little wonky like it could have been a few weeks since this okay. happened because the next scene is the dinner party that the uh, the neighbor margaret was gonna throw for him so she said that it was happening next month so i have no idea it's just jumping ahead how did oh, i have so many questions about spider intimacy <laughs> I, I don't i do not have those questions i don't want to know <laughs> You don't have the answers for me, I know. <laughs> I absolutely do not have the answers, and I am very comfortable with that fact. <laughs> but it's just like such a tiny little spider and such a big spider. No, it What's is the, bonkers. The big spider must be the female. No. <laughs> no? No. <laughs> how does it? How did the babies get so big? Oh, uh, Danielle, please. There is so much of <laughs> this movie that I have to get to, and none of it will explain that question. So I'm sorry, but there are no answers. A, that's really important question that needs to be answered it just crossbreeds danielle we'll get to that dr atherton will come back and explain it all i promise oh. and by explain okay. it all i mean explain none of it <laughs> i need to know so we cut to the lawn party with the neighbor margaret throwing that for us and we meet all the town's wacky characters we meet the mortician and his wife 
who are sort of like greedily grabbing food. There's the football coach who is, you know, put his son as the quarterback on the team and who is forcing his college age daughter when she's going to college the next semester, like after the summer's over to major in gym. So we have that guy. <laughs> and we have the manly parents who are mourning and the mom is drinking and grieving for her lost son. And it's so a little it's the, sad. It's the same city that he's from. Well, that's why they shipped his body back to there. Yes. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> forgot that was even the beginning of this movie. <laughs> Danielle, please. You need to worry less about spider reproductive habits and more about what's actually happening in this movie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll try and focus. So we cut to the barn and we see all the baby spiders taking their tentative first steps outside of the barn. <laughs> so confused how these spiders are so big. It's been like a month, Danielle. I met in general. <laughs> I, I don't have answer for that either, but they are. Okay. So they're taking their baby little baby step. Remember, it's not like the spider gave birth to them. It laid an egg. I so. know, but I just like, are the eggs still tiny and then the spiders just grow rapidly? Like, or are yes. the eggs bigger than normal spider I mean, it's eggs? Like a in which case, how did it come out of the egg sack with thousands of spiders in it, I assume. Which is then is like, how did that tiny little spider get birth? I mean, it's birth not like the spider pushes the entire egg. Like, egg I sacks know, are bigger than the spiders that give birth to them, Danielle. I know that. I'm just like curious because normal spider sacks are not that big. So that was yeah, probably a lot but, of like, extra work. These are work. big spiders. Okay, whatever. I'm sure the other spider helped. I don't know. Daddy's there helping, okay? <laughs> okay. Anyway, so there's a, one of those spiders, one of the baby spiders, which is maybe a few inches across now, is crawling up on the buffet table. But before it can do anything, someone puts a cup down on top of it. So <laughs> there's a lot of near misses in this movie where spiders will be getting near somebody and they'll do some like accidental movement that avoids the spider. So there's yes, a lot of, of sort of like tension and false starts, which is fun. It is fun. I mean, that's like classic horror creature oh, yeah, creatures. Yeah. Absolutely. And also real life. I'm sure there are a lot of near misses in real life. Can't argue with that. So after the party's over, all the neighbors go home and Margaret's cleaning up and she goes inside and she has her cat on a, on a chair and she's putting together a nice cup of tea for the evening and the spider crawls inside and is eyeing the cat. No, not the cat. Yeah. So before the spider can attack, though, she picks up the cat and puts it outside. And note, don't put your cats outside. Cats should not be outside. Cats eat birds and destroy ecosystems. So keep <laughs> your cat inside. It'll be happier, healthier, and safer. That was your veterinarian PSA for the day. I'm just saying... <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Sam. I like cats. You know I like cats. <laughs> you do like cats. I like to do what's best for them, and they're happier when they're inside, not murdering birds and getting caught on things, getting scratched up and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So anyway, now it's just Margaret and the spider on the sofa. Dun, dun, dum. Oh, no. So she sadly reminisces over a photo of her dead husband before turning out the light, but oh no, the spider is in the lampshade. Ah. And just as she switches off the light, it drops down onto her hand and bites her. I liked Margaret. Yeah, well, she's dead. How big are these spiders? A few inches, like maybe an inch and a half, two inches across. So they're even like super toxic when they're tiny? But yeah, they're very venomous. That's crazy. Yeah, that's sort of the whole point of the movie, Danielle. Killer oh, spiders. Oh, I know, but I was just wondering if maybe like they're less venomous when they're little. I don't know how spiders work, clearly. And then maybe they, <laughs> like, as Danielle, they get older, Danielle, you're... Why are you trying to bring real spider, like, biology into a movie about a Venezuelan killing well... spider mating with the local house spider producing <laughs> super venomous? And they have no... Again, they're like spider ants, where they have ant-like hierarchical structures and society. This is not, okay, not but no, but I was just wondering, I was just wondering if plot-wise it was going to come into play that the doctor was going to get into these patients that were having like these weird symptoms. No, no, she's dead. She's absolutely and dead. And then like maybe when they got older, they started to kill actual people. So no, I no, just, they just, 
they're already they've already grown. They're already they're soldiers out there plot murdering. Arc, Sam. <laughs> no, no, I'm just telling you, Danielle. They're dead. They're all dead. That's so sad. Margaret was nice. She was nice. Why couldn't have killed one of the jerks, Danielle? Because you got to have some tragedy. I guess you have to care. You have to care that it's killing people. I mean, if the Spanish are just killing everyone we want them to kill, it's not much of a movie, is it? <laughs> There's no <laughs> tension. It's like, oh yeah, go spiders, kill everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on if you're supposed to be rooting for the bad guys or not. You must have some tension, Danielle. Some thrills, okay. not just spider murder fest. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the sub headline was for this. Uh, it was not. Movie. <laughs> so the next scene, Ross is in his cellar, setting up his wine cellar, and he's putting some nails into the boards to put up some wine racks, and he discovers that his floor is rotten. Like, oh, no. The wood is coming apart in his hands. So it's maybe covered with termites. And Molly says, okay, I'll call the exterminator, but you go check on Margaret. I've been trying to call her to thank her for the party yesterday. I haven't been able to get a hold of her. And She's so, dead. Yes, that's what we know, Danielle, but they don't know that. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> so Ross goes over to her house and he finds the cat outside and he sees through the window that poor Margaret is sprawled on the floor. So it cuts to the body being taken outside and the old doctor declares that she died of a heart attack from high blood pressure. Ross is like, no, I examined her. She had no high blood pressure. I took her off the unnecessary high blood pressure pills you put her on because you are way behind the times. And the old doctor is like, you killed her. I'm going to pursue you for malpractice. And he's all like up in arms about like, how terrible this new big city doctor is trying to tell me how to do my job. And it's all very, like, unnecessary. You really hate him. And it's really nice that they make him such an unlikable character. <laughs> so Ross wants an autopsy, but the old doctor and the jerk sheriff are like, no, not going to let you do that. Not going to let you cut up poor Margaret. It was just a heart attack. And they accuse him of malpractice. And I'll be so happy when they're dead. So I have my <laughs> notes. So it's great. I love it. So we cut to the next scene when the termite exterminator pulls up and it's John Goodman. <gasps> Really? Yeah. I what love John Goodman. It's a great movie. <laughs> this movie has really great actors. It's great. So John Goodman is playing this scruffy, kind of weird exterminator, and he's really given it his all, and I really appreciate it. <laughs> and I didn't learn the exterminator's name until like the end of the movie. I just call him John Goodman because his real name is like Delbert or something. <laughs> and they only call him Delbert like twice, so He's John Goodman to me and always will be because I love him. That's fine. You know, I like actor names for characters. But for the record, his name is Delbert I think McClintock <laughs> or something. I don't know. It's goofy. They have some great names. All right. So he's playing a scruffy exterminator who's also a bit pretentious about amateurs trying to diagnose their own termite problems. And he's just delightfully weird. And he goes down to the basement or, or the cellar and starts listening to the wood with like this device. He puts up to the wood and his like headphones on. And he's like, nope. No spiders, it's just bad wood. No spiders or no termites? Uh, sorry, you're right. No termites, just bad wood. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm getting my insects mi mixed up because there are so many <laughs> creepy crawlies in this movie. And so that's our introduction to John Goodman is as a exterminator with a heart of gold. And he's coming back, I assume. Oh, absolutely. Yay. You don't put John Goodman in your film to not use him. At least you don't if you know what you're doing. <laughs> Could just be a cameo. Yeah, no, you want John Goodman. He's great. So later at the funeral for Margaret, Ross and the coach guy, I don't remember his name. It's not important. They don't even <laughs> use his name in the movie. Coach. I just call him the coach because that's basically his entire character is he's the coach. Right. He's like, I heard Margaret was your only patient. I'm sorry about that. Why don't you come by the gym? You can give a little checkup to all the uh, people on the team. I can throw out some business your way. So they're like trying to be kind of nice to him, which I appreciate. That's good. He goes to the gym to do the medical checkup. He and the coach are talking. They mentioned they haven't heard any crickets lately. Like, there have been no crickets. Weird. It's like something's eating them or something. Yeah, you think? <laughs> it's spiders, Danielle. It's always spiders. 
<laughs> Plot twist. It's not spiders. Yeah, there's just some like random, I don't know, cricket pox going around. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Cricket pox. <laughs> <laughs> cricket blight. I don't know. <laughs> So after Ross performs his hernia checks on all of the athletes in the locker room, he goes sit on the bleachers to watch the practice with a few of the other people in the town when a spider climbs down from the bleachers into the helmet of one of the players just before the player puts on the helmet. So they're running a play and the guy with the helmet on, he gets massively tackled and is dead. But surprise, it was a spider that bit him just before he got tackled. (laughs) So it wasn't the tackle that killed him. No. But again, the tackle is blamed for his death. Because that old doctor comes like, no, he was tackled to death and had a heart attack. (laughs) Because apparently he's the worst doctor ever. (laughs) And this was before we even knew about chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Uh, CTE. (laughs) (laughs) They save, yeah. Encephalopathy? Something like that. I'm not a doctor, Danielle. What do I know? I have a question about... Sure, go for it. Oh, you're going to hate this. Question about spiders. Like, how far out there they go from their home base. So, again, Danielle, that will be talked about later when they talk about the behavior and structure of this spider nest society. Yeah, because it seems like they just keep spreading farther and farther into town. And I realize there's quite a few of them, so they need their apt amount of space to have their right, own no. little space. Danielle, but... that will be covered. Okay. I promise. <laughs> I can't believe so. it. I have a question that's actually going to be answered. I know. This movie doesn't answer a lot of questions about the spy biology because who cares but you. But <laughs> <laughs> just curious. <laughs> but no, th- that one will actually be addressed. Excellent. Okay, I'm looking forward to this. Continue. Yeah, yeah. Good job. Yeah. So the spider again escapes unnoticed because they take off the guy's helmet when he's on the ground dead and and Dr. Ross comes over and looks at him and the spider crawls away and then is stepped on by one of the other teammates by accident. Like they don't even notice it. Mm -hmm. It didn't die when it got like hit. No, it was in the helmet, Daniel. Helmets protect things. Oh, yeah. But it could have gotten squished between the head and the helmet base. No, he was like, it was like a body tackle. Oh, okay. Anyway, not important. Spider escapes unnoticed. These are very sneaky spiders. Apparently. Yeah. And so again, the old doctor blames Dr. Ross. He's like, he was the last one to examine him and all those people he's been examining are dying, you know, like he's bad well, knocking into the town. if he died of a tackle, he's not gonna like... Yeah, but like, <laughs> he's making all these like snide remarks about, oh, everyone you seem to examine dies and people are calling him like Dr. Death or stuff. So... <laughs> No. It's basically small towns at their worst. Yeah. So that's fun. So later that night, we cut to the old doctor on the treadmill complaining to his wife about that big city doctor and their crazy methods. And his wife is like, you're just jealous because you're not getting all the attention anymore. And you've always been more interested in public relations than medicine. And he's like, just, (laughs) you know, whining and arguing with his wife and that standard sort of stuff. He's like, come to bed. But while he's on the treadmill, the spider is climbing up to the treadmill. Dun, dun, dun. And Uh he gets on the treadmill and then falls off. Because, of course, spiders can't use treadmills, Danielle. They don't know how they work. <laughs> it's very good. It's like it's thrown off the treadmill. It's funny. It'd be hard to coordinate your eight little legs. I imagine. I, mean, I don't know how they move normally, but somehow a treadmill just is like going to make that way more complicated. <laughs> Anyway, so Spider then crawls into one of the old doctor's slippers. And he's going to bed. He puts on his slipper and he gets bit. He's like, oh, Spider, it bit me. I'm having a seizure. Call an ambulance. And he dies. So, oh, poor doctor. No, nah, he was really. a jerk. It's fine. <laughs> it was all a lie. <laughs> 
didn't like him anyway. The wife calls Dr. Ross to come over and he's like, oh, no, my husband, please come over. And Ross goes over and checks it out. And we cut to the next scene where it's him and the medical examiner who comes in. The medical examiner has some harsh words for the sheriff. He's like, stay out here. Let the professionals do their work. So he doesn't take any guff from the pretentious and jerky sheriff, which is great. Excellent. And so Ross and the medical examiner are talking about the cause of death, and they don't quite agree. And Ross is like, well, there's a spider bite on the toe. I'm not sure what happened, but I want an autopsy. And the examiner's like, you know what? I don't necessarily agree that it's a spider, but I'm on your side. Let's do this. And so they have like this you know, uneasy alliance. And I appreciate the medical examiner is like one of the more rational and reasonable characters in the movie. So he's great. I like him. Excellent. There can only be so many people who die of a heart attack in one week. Well, exactly. And so, <laughs> and now finally, Ross is the only doctor in town and business is booming. And so what you're telling me is that Ross secretly brought the spiders over and is working with them. Yes. <laughs> Ross is coordinating with the spiders to set his practice in this small town. It was all a dastardly plan where the spider and him had like a handshake deal. I guess a hand-leg shake deal. I'll give you all the food you want as long as you murder my rival. That's the real horror. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. You, know, you, uh, you nailed it. You uncovered the conspiracy in this movie. Twist ending. I guess we don't need to go through the rest of this movie. You figured it out. <laughs> episode over. <laughs> Woo! Danielle wins! All right, we'll see everyone next week. You can find us at bookretorts.com <laughs> or on our Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook pages at bookretorts. And until then, bye! Mid-roll plug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, obviously, let's keep going because you're way wrong. <laughs> I'm way wrong. I'm always way wrong. <laughs> well, you're way wrong when you throw ideas at the spiders and Dr. Ross are coordinating together to... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it just seemed awfully suspicious, Sam. That's all I'm saying. I I thought the same thing. I thought like maybe the small town would blame him for the... But no, they're just like, nope, definitely not that. No one <laughs> even entertains that idea. The spiders just seem like maybe they're on his side. I mean, coincidentally, something's just going your way, Danielle. <laughs> okay. So he's setting up his practice. His wife is hanging up some of her photographs in his lobby. Business is booming. And he gets a call from the medical examiner. And he tells Ross that there was a minute toxin found in the blood work. He's like, I don't know what's going on. It may have been a spider. It may just be a coincidence, but I'm here to support you, whatever you want to do. And Ross like, I want to exhume the other bodies and have them examined anyway, because we got to know for sure if this is just coincidence or something's going on. So was you say a minute toxin, does that mean that there wasn't very much of it in his bloodstream? Yes, it was a minute amount of it in the bloodstream. Well, apparently enough to kill him, though? Well, they don't know how potent it is, Danielle. They just saw it. They don't have any idea about its LD50 or whatever. Okay. <laughs> it's not like they, oh, yes, we know this Venezuelan spider venom. We know exactly how toxic, how much it takes to kill you. No, of course. I wasn't that. I was just curious. Okay. No, they don't know. <laughs> But he has an argument with the sheriff. The sheriff's like, you can't go exhuming bodies. Like, you know what? The medical examiner's on my side. If you don't do this, I'm just going to get a court order. So get out of my way. We got to do what's right for this town. Yeah. So yeah, Dr. Ross, putting the sheriff in his place. You go, Jeff. His name is Ross. I've been saying it the whole time. You go, Jeff. Ross. <laughs> Ross Jennings. <laughs> Dr. Ross Jennings. Played by the wonderful... Jeff Daniels. <laughs> Dr. Jeff. Dr. Jeff. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Danielle, okay. Whatever, whatever makes you happy. <laughs> so later that night, his daughter is going on to a sleepover with the neighbor. That's the coach neighbor. The coach has a young daughter as well as the son and the mm -hmm. college-age daughter. She's going to a sleepover with the neighbors and Ross is like, hey, so there may be some very bad spiders. If you see them, run. And everyone's just kind of looking at him weird because they know about his fear of spiders. Uh -huh. <laughs> and they don't take him seriously <laughs> at all. But this time he's right to have a fear of spiders. Yeah. So his daughter and the other daughter are playing in her room and they're doing like the itsy bitsy spider. Ah! 
both stuff, you know, doing that kind of like scaring each other, spider talk and screaming about it as kids do. And of course, there's a spider dangling from the ceiling over the kids that they play. Oh, no. Bum, bum, bum. This movie's not going to kill the children. Danielle, it might. <laughs> it won't. It won't. Like, no, it's not going to. It won't. No, this movie is not that hardcore. I know, exactly. <laughs> so the screaming and the big sister bursts in just before the spider is about to bite one of them is like, hey, be quiet. I can't have you screaming so much. <laughs> and they get up and they drop the book they were reading on the spider and they step on the and the spider gets squished by accident. Womp womp. <laughs> poor spider. I don't support stepping on books, but that was probably a good move. It was like a giant hardback kid's book. It's fine. <laughs> and they're children, Danielle. Cut them some slack. Okay, fine, I guess. But you know what? You should teach them young to respect the books. <laughs> you, you tell them, Danielle. Have your PSA out there. <laughs> I will. Thank you. Anyway, we cut now to a giant spider. I think it's the same spider, maybe a different spider, who knows, I can't tell them apart, dragging an egg sack, <laughs> another egg sack, into the cellar of Ross's house. No. Bum, bum, bum. His whole house is going to be just infested. Oh, man, you have no idea. No, oh, no. Poor Dr. Jeff. So the next morning, Ross somehow comes across Dr. Atherton's name as a foremost spider expert and calls him asking about the spider. At first, Atherton is dismissive. Like, people blame spiders for a lot of things. There's like a bunch of deaths in a small town. People start blaming spiders, but it's rarely ever spiders. Spiders don't really kill people. But he then changes his tune when he learns Ross is in Kanaima. Why? I don't know. He was like, that name is a little familiar. All right, fine. I'll send my assistant up. It's not that far from where I am. Luckily, Dr. Atherton is also in California. Good. That's convenient. So Dr. Atherton sends the assistant up to check out the exhumed bodies. As they're digging them up, he drives up. And he's like, okay, I'm here. Let's talk spiders. And they're examining the dead bodies. And the assistant is very uncomfortable, but they do find spider bites on all of the bodies. So, uh -oh. yeah. So the assistant is named Chris and he calls Dr. Atherton. And he's like, look, this is above my pay grade. You need to get up here <laughs> because this could be real. And Dr. Atherton is like, fine, I'll be up tomorrow, but try to find me a live specimen. So that seems safe. Oh, totally. Who wouldn't want to yeah. find a death spider? <laughs> right. Who would want to go find one of these murderous spiders? What could go wrong? So we now cut to Dr. Ross lying in bed. There's a lot of like cuts to weird time jumps in this movie. So again, the timeline is very unclear. Okay. But it's the middle of the night and Ross is lying in bed and he sees this giant spider on his wall. Does he have the lights on? I feel like I'd just be keeping the lights on at this point. No, the lights are not on. But he rolls up a magazine to go after it. And one, that's very brave. Two, <laughs> that's not going to work. No, definitely not. But as he gets close to it, the camera angle changes and you see it's just a coat rack that's casting a weird shadow. <laughs> so it was a really well done camera shot. Like they set up perfectly so it looks like a giant spider. And as the camera moves, he's like, oh no, it's not. So well done movie with that really nice camera work. <laughs> so it's just one of those false starts. He can't see it quite this soon. Yeah, absolutely. Not yet. So later, the assistant, Chris, and the medical examiner, Ross, and the sheriff all go to Margaret's house to try to find a spider in her house, which again, just seems like dangerous. Maybe don't or put on some protective gear before rooting around in a house looking for spiders. Did they not have like long pants, shoes, gloves, all that stuff on? They have like just regular pants and shirts on. No. Nothing that's not how you search for giant man-eating spiders. No, you need like a beekeeper outfit type of thing. <laughs> yeah, something like that. That would totally work. They split up to go search the house. Great idea. And out back, the assistant finds a spider web filled with crickets. And of course, that's where all the crickets are going. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> how good. Figured out. It wasn't cricket pox. It wasn't cricket pox. Mystery solved, Danielle. You can put that one to bed. <laughs> Excellent. It's not like the whole thing that's happening to the bees. Oh, <laughs> I know. 
We love the bees. We do. Meanwhile, the sheriff isn't really taking this very seriously. He's sort of just like looking inside mugs and he opens Margaret's pantry and he like takes out a box of cereal and just starts shoveling it in his face. Oh, no. Yeah. Is there a spider in there? So he's pulling out a handful and he finds this dead spider oh, in his hand. No, big dead spider. And That's he the worst part of this movie screaming. so far. <laughs> he starts screaming about it. Of course, the assistant and Ross come in and he's like, oh, there's the dead spider. And they calm him down. And first off, Chris is like, that's a big spider. Is it like death by cereal? How did the spider die? So we'll get to that also. I, I, that is also explained, but later. Oh, well, I'm just always so impressed when I ask a question that actually gets explained. Yeah, yeah it's a relevant question, Danielle. I'm, They're you know, always too... relevant, Sam. <laughs> I mean, some are more relevant than others. Let's be honest. <laughs> I personally think all the questions I ask have a point. <laughs> I think the things you choose to spend disbelief on and don't are sometimes <laughs> <That's> weird. <fair>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they freak out, but unfortunately the spider's dead. It's already desiccated and of no use for some reason. Like, I don't understand why the dead spider couldn't be examined, but apparently it's just not good enough. Well, they'd at least have a sense of what it like looks like. Yeah, I thought it'd be fine, but nope, not good enough. <laughs> That's just plot shenanigans. It is absolutely plot shenanigans. But my thought was, that's not the prize you want to find in your cereal box. No, it's not. I don't understand how that works. And I, it's like my nightmare. I would never want to find anything ever in a box. Oh, my. It gets so much worse. Dan. You're going to love oh, this when the oh. spiders really start coming out. I'm always like already freaked out by that concept. Just that one thing in this movie oh, yeah. so this, far. This movie is not like terrifying in any way, but it is very like squeamish. <laughs> it's great. It's really good. If you like that kind of like, ooh, ugh. <laughs> I do kind of like watching that, but I also don't want to find that in real life. No, no kidding. So then cuts to the elder daughter of the coach. And she's about to take a shower because it's a horror movie and every horror movie since Psycho needs a shower scene. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Standard trope. She's taking a shower and so obviously there's a spider climbing up the shower curtain that actually happens and um, i've seen multiple spiders in my shower curtain in recent weeks <laughs> all right danielle well you're gonna love what happens here <laughs> i will not <laughs> now i'm gonna think about this stuff every time i like eat cereal or take you gotta a watch this movie it's <laughs> great so obviously there's a spider on the shower curtain and it starts perching on top of the rod, the curtain rod, watching her take the shower because it's a pervert. <laughs> yeah, we already figured that out. And the dad is downstairs in the other bathroom because, you know, he's got to use the downstairs toilet because she's in the upstairs toilet. Mm. And she's showering, she's washing her hair, she puts her hand up to like adjust the shower head and there's a spider web up there and she puts her hand right in the spider web. No! Doesn't notice it. Oh, yeah. yeah, just doesn't know, just ignores it. And then you see one of the spiders crawl out the toilet that the father is about to sit down on. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, toilet spiders. Toilet spiders. I have a fear of that. <laughs> Which spider is going to be the first one to make the attack? Is it going to be toilet spider or shower spider? It's a race. <laughs> A bad, bad race. So she's washing her hair, and the spider jumps off the shower curtain onto her face. Oh, no. But she does not notice it. How do you not notice a giant spider? How do you not notice a giant spider landing on your face? I don't know. She's just washing her hair, and the spider slips off her face because it's like covered in soap, and you get a close up of the spider like sliding down between her cleavage because it's that kind of movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like terribly salacious, but it is gratuitous. So. Gratuitous spider shot. The spider is sliding down her chest and sliding down her stomach, and that's when she notices it. Just when it gets to like her feet, and she notices it on the bathtub, she starts screaming, and the spider gets washed down the drain. No, how did you not notice it on your face? How do you not notice it on your face? It is insane. That'd be like the first thing I noticed. I would not be okay with that. No. 
Oh, no. <laughs> so she is screaming, and the father jumps off the toilet to go run upstairs and see what's going on, because of course he does. So he also escapes unspidered. So false alarm, both escape, and he bursts into the room. And of course, the daughter has the shower curtain wrapped around her, starts screaming at the father. Whole thing happens, bunch of screaming, no one gets bit. It's all very sad. I don't know if I'd wrap the shower curtain around me. I'd be afraid it had spiders in it. <laughs> she is not concerned. <laughs> so... That was just a little interlude to show us a near miss with the spiders. That these people have no sensory perception on their skin. Yeah, <laughs> so. no. I just had to highlight. She doesn't notice like a palm-sized spider landing on her face. Yeah. I that just, is not okay. Yeah. I, I call, call that. That is shenanigans to the highest order. <laughs> So we're back to the spider hunt in Margaret's house. They're looking around the living room where Margaret died. But they don't think that's just the only spider. Like, they just figure there's got to be another one. They, they just keep, like, Danielle, I don't know why they chose to look at her house in the first place, because she's, like, the first one to die. So maybe it would have moved on by then. You would have looked maybe on the football field or somewhere else. Yeah, but maybe they're just thinking there's many spiders, and this is a contained space, so maybe the spider's still living in the house. Sure, why not? So they still look around, and... Ross is asking the assistant about, you know, Dr. Atherton and what he does. And he's like, oh, he went to Venezuela recently. And he starts putting together the pieces that the spiders came from Venezuela. Of course. Of course. Because he remembers that Manly was shipped back and his body was desiccated because it was the talk of the town about poor Manly and his desiccated body. Like, wait, could a spider have survived eating that one corpse the entire trip back from Venezuela? And he starts like putting this together in his head. So good job, Dr. Ross. Yeah, he's the winner. Yeah, he is. And so they look behind a painting on the wall and a spider jumps out of it and <laughs> startles the assistant and lands on a coffee table. I hate jumping spiders. Yeah, no, they are vicious. They are very aggressive, as Dr. Atherton noted earlier. They're the worst kind of spiders. Yeah, no, absolutely. And there, I have some tiny jumping spiders in my apartment and they are, they're kind of cute actually, but no, they are freaky and they're like just hopping around. Yeah, crazy. I have hopping spiders in my place too. Anyway, they're, they're both like eyeing that spider. It's sitting there on the coffee table and anytime one of them move, like, makes a move towards them and the assistant like picks up a glass and is like, Ross, you have to move towards the spider. Get his attention so I can trap it. And Ross is like, no, I am not going to do that. He is frozen with fear. And Chris is like, no, our brains emit a neurotransmitter that lets us deal with fear. And well, I don't have that neurotransmitter. I don't know what you're like, talking about. Okay, but in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, right? And it's not a helpful comment. Thank you, Mr. Know-it-all, but that doesn't help. But eventually, Ross overcomes his fear to move a step towards the spider. And as he does that, the assistant traps the spider under a glass. They have their specimen. Woohoo! Now we cut back to John Goodman, the exterminator. Love him, who <laughs> is called to the house of the coach to kill the spider that attacked his daughter in the shower. And so they're, you know, they're chatting, and John Goodman goes upstairs to the bathroom, and he starts looking around briefly. He, like, fumbles behind the toilet, like, just feels behind the toilet, looking for the spider, and he doesn't touch the spider, which is clearly behind the toilet. And he's just like, nope, no spider is here. That was brave. So, <laughs> he just, like, stinks his hand back there. He was very blasé and not very thorough, and he's wearing like, a giant glove, so I don't know what he was expecting to, like, feel the spider behind the toilet, but, you know, he's clearly not an amazing exterminator. <laughs> But he's the one that they need. He is great, though. I still love him. <laughs> and she's like, there's no spider here, but I will hunt down the alleged arachnid. And I'm like, you go, John Goodman. You get that spider. <laughs> so as he's leaving the house, he sees one of the spiders on the deck and he sprays it with the poison. The spider is nonplussed, just walks away <laughs> and he keeps spraying it. And then finally he walks over and just steps on it. And he's like very pleased with himself. He's like, yeah, I just did that. <laughs> then this poison spray is not working. That's concerning. Yeah, no, it is. But, Danielle, that will not be a plot point. <laughs> <laughs> really? What's the point then? 
Uh, just to show that they're resistant to poison, so it's really bad if we don't stop them, I guess, to like <laughs> make the stakes higher. I can't believe that they don't have like a part later where he's spraying all of it and nothing's happening. No, nope. <laughs> it's just a makes the spiders more powerful, Danielle. <laughs> Supercharges them. Yeah. So finally, Atherton shows up and he meets up with Ross and his assistant at Ross's office. And Ross explained out then his notion that the spider hitched a ride in the manly coffin. <laughs> manly coffin? <laughs> what it's called. It's Mr. Manly in his coffin. So Atherton examines the spider and he sees that it also lacks sex organs like the Venezuelan spider. And he says that the spider must have mated with the house spider, which is an insane conclusion to jump to. Yeah. Just like, hey, this giant tarantula came at me with this tiny house spider, and that's clearly what happened here. And it was definitely a male one. How do you know it's male? He just concludes it's male. (laughs) So that's insane. And Atherton suggests the spiders have a very fast life cycle, so they grow fast and die young. So that's why they're able to grow so fast. Also why they died in in the serial, because like the first generation is already dying out. But there's a male and a queen, and soon the queen who is in the nest, will give birth to reproductive-capable offspring who will establish a new reproductive center, and the spiders are basically fanning out in a circle from the original nest to just dominate the environment. They're like army ants or other sort of aggressive ants, where they just sort of spread out from their nest and dominate the environment before establishing a new nest as another colony breaks off. And it's like, if we don't stop them, they're just going to keep moving from town to town, establishing new homes, and nothing's going to be able to stop them. So is the queen the house spider? Yes. (laughs) 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 Or at least the original queen is, or maybe she gave birth to the new queen. I don't know. Something like that. House spiders don't live that long, do they? I think there's a new queen. Or it's like, gotta be by now. I think she gave birth to... I don't know. It's, it's really not clear who is what in this movie, but suffice to say, they got a couple of spiders you gotta deal with. They gotta deal with them soon, or they're going to spread and consume everything, because they were isolated in the jungle, in that sinkhole where they couldn't escape from it. But now that they're out and about, they have no predators that can stop them. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So they conclude that the original nest was in the body and therefore must be in the mortuary, which is a reasonable conclusion to make. Sure. So they go to rush over to the mortuary while Dr. Atherton and the exterminator who came by the offices to talk with Dr. Atherton stay behind to continue examining the spiders. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we cut to the mortician's house. The mortician is not answering the phone because he is watching the wheel with his wife. <laughs> and he's making a bowl of popcorn. He's putting some popcorn in a bowl and a spider climbs into the bowl of popcorn. No. Yep. Absolutely yep. Gross. Why do they keep putting spiders in food? Yeah, no, because it's creepy. That's why. (laughs) So he's watching Wheel of Fortune with his wife, and he brings the popcorn in, and they start shoveling in their faces, and she grabs a big handful of popcorn with the spider in it. No, 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 no. And that's where the scene ends. No! (laughs) Not okay with that. Yeah, no, she's going to put that spider in her mouth. Ah! I'm Meanwhile, so Atherton is back at the uh, office and he sees the photo his mother took of the web in the bar and he's like, where is that? And they haven't decided, they didn't like think up to this point, maybe we should check the barn with the giant spider web. No. Not until <laughs> Atherton sees the spider web photo and the sheriff is there and he's like, that's the old place. And so he and the sheriff head back to Ross's house. I can't believe Ross's first thought was not, oh, the barn. <laughs> yeah, no, they, the barn is off their radar, completely forgotten. <laughs> Until Dr. Atherton sees that photo. So good job, Dr. Atherton, on seeing a photo. (laughs) And so he and the sheriff head out to the barn. In the meantime, Ross gets to the mortician's house, and they're both dead. Uh The mortician and his wife are both dead. And as Ross leans in close to check for breath and check the pulse of the mortician, a spider crawls out of his nose. Ah! 
Yeah, and it's all over his face, and it's super gross, and he backs away, and he's not okay with that. <laughs> and I made a mistake earlier. I said the exterminator stayed behind. I was wrong. The exterminator and the assistant came with him to the mortician's house. It was the sheriff and Dr. Atherton who stayed behind, just to clear that up. Sheriff's going to die. So they quickly get out of the house because obviously, and they're like, okay, we have to find the nest. And as they're outside, sort of gathering their wits to go look into the body in, in the mortuary, he starts thinking about, wait a minute, do you have a map of the town? Because I want to map all the deaths to see where the center is because the spiders fan out from the center nest. Right. So Ross starts marking on the map where all the deaths have been. He draws a circle, makes a perfect circle around one building. And this is like, barn. is that the mortuary? He's like, no, that's my house. <laughs> so he's like, I have to get back there. My family, my kids. So they all book it back to the barn. They need a flamethrower. Danielle, please don't spoil anything. <laughs> Just saying. They should have had one already. What were they going to do if they found a giant spider nest? <laughs> well, about that. So... We cut now to Atherton already at the barn with the sheriff, and he looks inside and he sees the giant web in the barn. He says to the sheriff, go, go get the others. Go get them. Nuke it from space. Nuke it from space. No kidding. But <laughs> this is perhaps the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Dr. Atherton, for some reason I cannot fathom, goes into the barn. No! He climbs the ladder. He gets up close and personal with that web. And is like looking at it. He's looking at all the gross dead things like mice and bats caught in it. And he's like, my, you have been busy. He's like admiring it. And he sees this giant thread. And he like plucks the spider web thread. And is like, supper's ready. Come and get it. To like call it out. And so obligingly, the spider just jumps out onto his face and kills him. Well, yeah, and he kind of deserved it. What a moron. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know what he was like expecting to happen. Like what he hoped to accomplish by saying, hey, spider, come eat me. And then get eaten by a spider. Like that was obviously what was going to happen. That's what he gets. It was perhaps the dumbest thing I've ever seen. He's like, no, he just walks in his barn and then lies down on a silver platter. He's like, din, din, here, spider, <laughs> come and get it. So dumb. Oh so gosh. monumentally dumb. <laughs> I don't feel bad for him. I mean, he did that to himself. Like, I liked his character. He wasn't like a terrible guy, but he did some stupid, stupid stuff. That's a Darwin Award right there. It is. So just after his death, the rest of the crew pulls up. John Goodman is sent to the barn to go look at things while the assistant and Ross go into his house to get his family out. Mm -hmm. And as John Goodman goes to the barn, he first says, I'm going to need my private stock. And he pulls out these giant bottles of like spray acid to replace <laughs> his poison, which doesn't work. Uh -huh. Well, that's good. I'm glad he thought it through. Yeah, exactly. So he's not dumb. So that's sort of the only part that the poison not working comes to play <laughs> is that he gets a better poison. So as John Goodman enters the barn, the giant spider, I think it's the original spider, the original male spider from Venezuela, like sneaks out past him. He doesn't notice it, but he sees another spider on the ground. He sprays it with the acid and it kills it. So Yay. good job. That's good. I'm glad. Upgraded then. Yeah, exactly. So he walks into the barn and he starts looking around and then Dr. Arthur's body like falls out of the barn and like startles John Goodman because duh. <laughs> and he sees it covered with webs, crawling with spiders. And he's like, I'm going to need more. And so he's <laughs> like, I'm going to need something better than what I got right now. <laughs> and he leaves. Meanwhile, in the house, Ross and the assistant enter the home. They find his family watching some Michael J. Fox thing on the TV. Uh-huh. Oh, 1990. Yeah. So the movie like focuses on Michael J. Fox. It was great. So props. And they see a spider crawling across the TV. And then the spiders start pouring in the house, just coming out of everywhere. <laughs> what? what? Like call to arms? How did they like all... <laughs> No, they just come out of the through the windows, they're on the ceiling, they're on the walls, they're just everywhere. 
spiders everywhere. So they're like, we have to get out, move slowly. And so they start moving their way through the door. But no, spiders are starting like dangling down in front of the door. There's no uh. way out of the front door. So they decide to go upstairs. <laughs> That's what you do in horror movies. <laughs> That's what you do in horror movies. Like, if we go upstairs, we can climb out the window onto the roof. The roof's probably covered in spiders. Yeah, sure. That's a good plan. <laughs> So they go upstairs and lock themselves in the bathroom, but spiders are crawling in under the bathroom door, and Ross like grabs a towel and starts like whipping at them and trying to keep them back as his family crawls out the window and down a trellis to safety, I guess. <laughs> and poor Ross, he stays behind keeping the spiders at bay when the trellis breaks as the assistant climbs out. So now Ross is trapped inside with spiders dangling from the ceiling, coming up through the bathroom drain, coming up through the sink drain, just everywhere, spiders. That's what he gets for being afraid of them. So, the family is huddled together outside, like, what do we do? We have to go back and get him. Where's Ross? And that's when headlights go on, and John freaking Goodman struts in, decked out in a respirator and these giant tanks of some kind of poison on his back and twin holsters of poison sprayers, and it's like, rock and roll. (laughs) And then unholsters his sprayers and goes inside. The real hero of the film. John Goodman is by far the biggest hero of this movie. I (laughs) love him. Meanwhile, Ross is trying to escape. He's dodging spiders. He's like knocking them off his body, flailing about, and they're jumping at him. And he falls over the banister from his second story, crashes through the rotten floor, and falls into the cellar. No! Get out of the cellar. He's in the cellar. (laughs) That's where spiders live. Well, in this case, he realized there are no spiders around him because as Dr. Atherton had explained earlier, spiders are cannibals. And so the nests are usually free of other spiders. Oh, okay. So that's a lucky break that these highly organized and social spiders don't break that rule. So he's lying on the floor of the wine cellar, and he sees another egg sack. He broke some wires. There are sparks flying because he crashed through, and like the fuse box is sparking. So it's all very dramatic. He's just going to burn the house down, burn the property down. (laughs) And then the queen spider starts crawling on the floor towards him. Is it a new queen? It's a bigger queen. It's a bigger queen. It's not just a little house spider, spider. because that would be an awfully funny scene, though. (laughs) Be like, oh, look at this tiny little house spider, like advancing men. No, it's one of the aggressive new queen. So he tries to escape out the cellar doors, but they're locked tight. He's like banging on the door, but no one hears him. So he arms himself with a shovel and starts like shoveling stuff out of the way to clear a little space around himself from the debris so he can keep an eye on the spider. But oh no, the spider is climbing on the pipes above him. Oh no. So it jumps at him, but he bats it away with the shovel. But again, the spider clings to the shovel and he notices it on the shovel and he throws the shovel away and it crashes into the fuse box and the spider gets slammed to the fuse box and fries. It's like it's electrocuted and catches fire. There is the queen. And so she's dead. And so Ross is like, okay, great. To deal with the egg sack, he grabs some of his fancy cellar booze. I think it's brandy or something, like douses the egg sack in brandy. Mm-hmm. And he has like one of those stick fire lighters, you know, the clicky ones you used to light, yeah. I don't know, barbecues, things like that. And as he's about to light the egg sack on fire, oh no, the king spider is guarding it. <laughs> You murdered my queen. I will have revenge. (laughs) Burn it anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And he startles Ross, who falls backwards and knocks over an entire wine shelf on top of himself. And he's trapped under this wine shelf. Oh, no. As the king spider inches towards him. It's like dangling down on its thread, luring towards his face. And this is freaking hilarious. I love this. So Ross picks up a wine bottle. And as the spider is like lowering towards me, just like knocks it away, like bats it out of the air. Like he's swinging a baseball with a wine <laughs> bottle. And just goes like, funk. And the spider goes flying across the room. 
and just lands in I mean, the dirt. It's effective. And, and the bird's just like miffed. It just it doesn't hurt it. It's just like, hey, that was rude. <laughs> I wanted it's to just, kill you. It's just like it's just like the most lackluster, like, yeah. <laughs> he bats it away, just goes. It's so like ineffective, but funny. It's great. So as Ross bats the spider away, he starts throwing bottles of brandy at the other spider, the big bad king spider, and the bottles like smash around it, dousing in more brandy. Mm-hmm. And so finally, Ross manages to extricate himself from the wine rack, pulls himself free, and he grabs a can of spray paint and the lighter, and he's like prepared to do the flamethrower trick. <laughs> right. So you weren't far off. He got a flamethrower. <laughs> Excellent. That's the best way to kill a bunch of spiders. Absolutely. So he just starts spraying the flamethrower around the barn. Things are catching fire. He's like, where are you? Come out. And he's just like hunting the spider and he is aggressive with it. But the spider is like hiding. <laughs> Sneaky spider. Yep. And he hears the spider crawling around in a duct above his head. Uh-huh. So he goes to one end of the duct and he like posts up with the flamethrower. He's like, come on. Come on, come on out. And he just stands there staring down the duck while his face at perfect duck level, which sounds like a bad idea. Yeah, I was There's a giant killer spider like crawling around in this dark duct. I would not put my face up to that duct, but Agreed. he does. And then he's just waiting and then he lowers his guard. He puts the flamethrower down. And of course, that's when the spider charges and jumps at his face. Of course. <laughs> the spider lands on him and he's like struggling with the spider. He's trying to knock it away and he kicks the spider away but falls over and this is when he's finding us back and his arachnophobia kicks in. <laughs> Not before. <laughs> Not before. This is the moment. Because he sees the spider, the giant spider starts crawling up his leg, just like it did when he was two years old in the crib. Oh no, PTSD. And he can't move. He's paralyzed with fear. The spider climbs up his leg, and why doesn't just bite his leg? I don't know, but the spider <laughs> clearly just wants to tease him. <laughs> yeah, he knows. He knows about his past, Sam. <laughs> This is a spider equivalent of monologuing. See, it's like I told you it's a vengeance plan, but little did he know it was from when he was like two years old. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. So it's slowly inching up towards his body. It starts crawling across his chest and one of the uh, boards had fallen across his chest. And as the spider steps into the board, Ross, with tremendous willpower, managed to like knock one out of the board and it catapults the spider across the cellar into one of the flaming piles of paint that Ross had ignited earlier. And the spider just starts screaming. It goes like... I'm like, do spiders make that noise? That doesn't sound like a spider noise. Well, it hissed earlier, so it clearly can make some noise. Hissing is one thing, but you need like vocal cords to make that kind of noise, at least, or something. I don't know. So that Maybe was Maybe it was hilarious. the sound of like the, the juices leaving its body or something. It is not, because that's when the flaming spider comes charging out of this fire, <laughs> screaming and running around <laughs> on fire, and it jumps at Ross, who grabs his nail gun and midair nails that spider, and the spider goes flying backwards, and it impales itself on the egg sack, and the egg sack catches fire, and you hear this gross popping noise like popcorn <laughs> as the... Baby spiders try to crawl away, but are being melted and burned by the egg sac as their daddy spider lights them all on fire. (laughs) And that's when John Goodman pulls Ross up out of the cellar and is like, you're welcome. Don't mention it. (laughs) For doing what? (laughs) For pulling him out of the barn and saving the day by being the exterminator that we needed. (laughs) 
It's really great. Even though Jeff is the one that killed all the spiders. I mean, they don't know what happened down there. <laughs> and he didn't kill all the spiders. He killed those two spiders. There were like hundreds of spiders in the house that John Goodman presumably killed. That's true. But he did kill all the egg sacs, which helps for future generations. Yeah, he, he saved them from more spiders, undoubtedly. But they don't know that yet. And so John Goodman takes a fire extinguisher, starts putting out the fire in the cellar. Everyone's safe. No one is dying except for the spiders. Hooray! Hooray! Spiders defeated. Do you think that would like cure your arachnophobia or do you think that would just heighten it to the nth degree? Absolutely heighten it because here's what happens. It cuts to sometime later in San Francisco. Ross and his family just moved back from the country. They are done with that country life. (laughs) They are done. And of course, that means they left that entire town without a doctor or any medical services, (laughs) which just speaks to our inadequate medical system here in the United States where (laughs) one person moves away and suddenly a whole town has no medical health coverage at all. So that's a scathing indictment of the American medical system from 1990. And that was in 1990, yeah. Yeah. So... Well done, us. <laughs> he and his wife are toasting their turn to the city. They're still packed up. They haven't unpacked all their boxes. So they're sitting you know, on the floor with a box and a bottle of wine between them. And they're like, we're so glad to be home safe and the predictability of San Francisco where everything's safe. And then there's an earthquake. <laughs> so you're not safe anywhere, Ross. You're not safe anywhere. <laughs> That's true, though. There's always something somewhere. Yes, of course. And that's when the credits roll. And then, oh my gosh. And then there is an original song that plays during the credits that was written by the inimitable, the incomparable, the fabulous Jimmy Buffett. (gasps) Really? Yeah. Jimmy freaking Buffett singing an original song about spiders, about the movie. (laughs) It's the best. 10 out of 10 song of the year. I've listened to it like five times since (laughs) I watched this movie yesterday. It is so good. The song is called Don't Bug Me, and it is sung from the spider's perspective. No! It's the spider singing about how you should just leave me alone. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. Let me give you some of the lyrics, because they are so good. I love it so much. The song is the best. It goes, don't bug me. Don't mug me. I'm better left alone. Let me twirl in my world in the wild unknown. Night crawling, free falling. Just don't get in my way. Don't squish me or death wish me. That's all I have to say. I can spin a web. I can spin a tail. Leave me in the jungle. Take me to the town. Right side up or upside down. That's amazing. It is so good. I cannot recommend looking up this song highly enough. I like that the song is like pro spider after you watched Arachnophobia. (laughs) It is so much the spider like, hey, you guys who just murdered me, like, I'm just a spider trying to do my spider thing. Just leave me alone. And I'm like, yeah, you tell them, spider. (laughs) Other than trying to kill you, I'm just doing a spider thing. Basically, it's like, just don't get in my way. I'm just like, you could have left me in the jungle, but you took me to the town. I mean, the spider took itself to the town. And that's fair. Absolutely. (laughs) I also love the, I can spin a tail, because like, what? (laughs) (laughs) This is like Disney's spider tail. Like Charlotte's Web. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So the the movie closes with perhaps the best ending credit song I've ever heard, Jimmy Buffett. How do they get Jimmy Buffett to do this? I probably money, honestly, but wow, what an ending! We will so def- good. Definitely tweet that though. Post that. You got to. You absolutely got to. It's so good. <laughs> oh man, it is my new pump up jam. <laughs> at the gym and you're all like yeah spiders <laughs> yeah don't bug me don't mug me like they clearly just were reaching for rhymes because who would mug a spider i don't understand 
It probably meant mug, like, don't make faces at me. I mean, does, what does that even make any sense, Danielle? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not like, saying any, it makes any that. more sense, but it makes no. more sense than mugging a spider. No. It was clearly, they're just like, we need a rhyme for bug. Uh, smug? Jug? Uh, mug. Okay, let's go with mug. <laughs> oh, Jimmy uh, Buffett. Oh, uh, so good. So that, yeah, that's Arachnophobia. There you go. Wow. That's a great movie. What a movie, Sam. What a finale to our spook retorts month of October. That movie, I mean, it doesn't have a lot of like spooks. I mean, there's a lot of good tension and there's a lot of really nice, creepy, crawly, like very uncomfortable, screamish stuff. So I don't know if that counts as like spooks, but I can give this movie like eight or nine out of 10. This is a great movie. It's a lot of fun. Like, this is a fun movie. I don't know if it's scary, but it's just a lot. It's just really enjoyable to watch. Wow, that's our highest one yet. I know. And we saved it for Halloween week, so that's good. Yeah, perfect. So I recommend you should probably watch this movie, Danielle. I think you would like it. I probably would like arachnophobia. (laughs) And nothing else for John Goodman and Jeff Daniels. Totally valid. Should all your questions get answered? Um, I think so. Yeah, except for all like... The well, weird reproductive my, habits yeah, of spiders. I was, just, but like, I was just curious how tiny little house spiders could make big babies. That was my only question. It's I gotta say also like the size of that spider changes from scene to scene. Like the house <laughs> spider initially when she puts it in the barn is very small. But like when it's making out with the big spider, it looks a lot bigger. So <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's clearly not something Maybe they put a lot of thought Venezuelan into. Maybe touching Venezuelan spider just makes it grow incrementally. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's what happened. It got like engorged by its arousal for the giant Venezuelan spider. You don't know how spiders work. It might. I mean, they do have exoskeletons, so I imagine they can't grow that well without molting. Well, maybe it molted. Okay. Maybe it molted, Daniel. You got me there. It molted <laughs> in the one night it was in there. Do spiders molt? They have to, to grow bigger if they have exoskeletons. I don't know. Don't they? I don't, Sam, I don't know. I mean, unless they just like, their their skeletons don't harden until they get big. I didn't know that they, they might mold. If you're a spider study person, if you're Dr. Atherton, if Dr. Atherton is out there and still <laughs> alive after being killed by spiders somehow. We do. We need to know more about spiders. Yeah. If you have any experience with spider reproductive habits, the spider life cycle, molting, any of that kind of stuff, please let us know because we are clearly ill-equipped to handle all these questions. Yeah. And we can be found, as Sam mentioned earlier, <laughs> when we- <laughs> oh, yeah. Finished the movie. You can be found on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Book Retorts. Or our website, bookretorts.com. So reach out with your questions, your thoughts, your spider-related anecdote. We want to hear all of it. We do. But anyway, that will do it for Spook Retorts. Oh, Spook Retorts. Spook Retorts. <laughs> another successful Spook Retorts done. And by another, I mean the first. <laughs> but the finale of the four Spook Retorts. That's true. Spook Retorts Month is over, but until next year when it comes back, hopefully. <laughs> See how many evil laughs I can get into one podcast. <laughs> you, want, you want to do one more just to you know round everything out? Maybe make it a, a nice... It's pretty good, Danielle. Yeah, give you props. It's very, very nice spooky laugh. <laughs> I had really good hand movements, too, but you didn't see that. <laughs> that is very true. But we can just imagine your wonderful spider gestures and then your hand movements for the evil laugh. Yeah, I did tarantula hand. You did tarantula hands. That's right. <laughs> well, until next time, bye. Take care, everybody.
have to admit, the entire time you were telling me that story, I kept looking around the the space for spiders because, as we know, there's a spider friend in here with me from last week. Oh, yes. And I'm assuming it's still here. (laughs) Oh, almost assuredly, you have your spider friend. And I hope they enjoyed this episode as much as anyone else. It's for them. If you have a spider friend, maybe let them listen to this episode. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Spooky torts. Now for spiders. (laughs) 